I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Nick Friedel's co-host has gotten much dumber today than what he had yesterday. There's no doubt about it. One, one ounce. Like Amber, brilliant. She can break down legal matters in a way that not only makes it digestible, but also makes you smarter. And I'm sitting over here trying to figure out whether, you know, how many beers is too many beers to play cornhole. That's what we're doing. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Friedel and Fitz in for the guys. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Plus, and of course, your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. And we do have some news. The NFLPA has, uh, they've they've responded. And we knew at this point, uh, obviously, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, Judge Sue Robinson made her decision. It was a six-game suspension, no fine. She explained that in her written decision. Then we knew that the NFL had three days to decide if they were going to appeal that. We found out that they were going to appeal it. They named the person that they decided to hear that appeal. So then the question becomes, you know, when will the NFL Players Association chime in? So as part of the appeal process, remembering they don't sort of go back through all of the information and represent evidence. They take that decision and then the NFL presents to the new person what they think was wrong with the decision, and the NFLPA has to also be part of this. So the NFLPA has given us a response. It is very long. I'll read it to you in its entirety. We have filed our reply brief to the NFL's appeal regarding the Deshaun Watson matter. That's it. So they've done their part of this. So basically what they can say is, hey, in this process, Nick, uh, we know that the NFL will make their case of why this ruling was incorrect. They have to file their brief to why the ruling was correct, and that's where everything sits. Fitz, here's what's frustrating to me as a fan. The feeling was that once the judge was put into place and the appeal system w- uh, went into what it did and she filed her brief, that that was supposed to be it. Now, I know it was collectively bargained that – Ah, well, the NFL has, has the right to appeal and go through all these motions. But the, the issue to me is this is, again, and this is what the NFL cannot seem to run away from, there's always something that takes away from the focus on the field. And I am one of, it feels like many all over the place, that feels like Deshaun Watson deserved more games, potentially a, a monetary penalty that hasn't been assessed yet. But all week long, and certainly throughout the summer since Cleveland made this move, we are discussing Deshaun Watson's actions off the field. That has been the number one storyline for weeks and weeks, and we're not describing and going through what's been going on in all these different camps. And the NFL put itself in this situation uh, by waiting as long as they did to to make a ruling. Then we get the judge's ruling. Now we're getting an appeal process. Who knows how many more appeal processes we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to go through to get to the final decision and how long this will be tied up in court. But there is a frustrating part to me as somebody who loves football that yet again the NFL is dealing with something it could have controlled in a much faster time frame and now we're left talking about somebody who may not be on the field at all over the first year of his new deal. He's Nick Friedel. I'm Jason Fitz. Mary Kay Cabot, by the way, will join us at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. She knows this team and the situation as well as anybody. We'll get some of her insights on it. But I think, Nick, you bring up a really interesting point. Because as much as we're talking about the appeal and then a possible injunction and could this go to court, it is in everybody's interests. And I mean everybody's. To get this settled as quickly as as possible. Because what I keep thinking about is if you're Deshaun Watson, the faster you get on the field, the faster you can knock off whatever the rust is, the faster you can start to make a difference. If you're the Browns, the beginning of your schedule, 
you might be able to handle getting through with the backup quarterback. Do you want to be going through the meat of your schedule or even in towards the playoffs without your starting quarterback? No. So anything that would delay the start of the suspension would actually be terrible for them. If you're Deshaun and you think that an injunction could even go into next season, you don't want to lose the money that comes with next year. So, like, I can see the reason why Deshaun wants this over right now. I can see the reason why the Browns want this over right now. And if you're the NFL, I see every reason why you want this over right now as well. You want the focus to get to, we've got a week one matchup we flippantly mentioned for 30 seconds earlier between the Bills and the Rams. Like, think about that game and what it means to what we'll be talking about. If you're the NFL, that's where you want the focus to be. But it won't be there until we get a resolution on all of this. The only counter to this, in my mind, is that the NFL, and Roger Goodell specifically, wants to be able to stand up and say, "Uh uh-uh, we were tough in this situation. We wanted to do the right thing. By having an independent arbiter look at the case in the first place, he can hold his hands up and say, it's not the NFL's fault we're here, even though the ruling, if you read it, actually quite specifically tells you that the NFL's been too soft on punishment in the past, and that's part of why she ruled the way she ruled. He can ignore all of that and plead to the public appeal. Right. And now now with this process, he can even go in and say, look, we had two independent people look at it, two people that we had nothing to do. I didn't make this decision. Somebody else did. It feels like that's the only way that he can keep blood off of his hands in this process. But you're right, Nick. As long as this is is sort of out, it's a cloud over everybody's head. Fitz, first of all, to the point about Goodell, it's so obvious that they're trying to take him out of the spotlight that he's been in as judge and jury for so many years because there have been so many public missteps that the NFL's going, all right, let's take our guy out. Let's put somebody else in his place so that he doesn't have to deal with the fire that comes his way all the time. But secondly, you mentioned the Bills and the Rams opening the season. Fitz, that's fun. You and I are football fans. We want to enjoy the game and we want to enjoy what's coming forward but so much of the conversation not just for us here at the network but all across the country with uh, what's going to happen this season revolves around Deshaun Watson and if I'm sitting in the league office I understand why they're appealing it's exactly what you said they want to make sure that the optics are that they are fighting as hard as they possibly can to get a better ruling and that they're going to be much tougher than they've been on all these different issues than they have in the past. But the other part to this is you are clouding up what fans want to feel excited for starting the year. And that's why, as I look back on this whole process, there's always a reason why it takes a little bit longer than it should. But this, these are all things I feel like the NFL could have done a better job of trying to Uh, to regulate and get fixed before training camps began because here we are all over the place, all over the league, and Deshaun Watson and his legal battle has seeped into everything the NFL is trying to put a forward spin on. You make such a great point, and it's a reminder that, you know, we got here because of past action in part or inaction by the league, but also – this is will always be wild to me for the conversation about how we got here from a collective bargaining point. How did the players even agree to this? The thing that will still be staggering to me, and I know this is a, oh, my God, nobody could have seen it coming. I understand that. But to think that the first time we have this, the new protocol in place, 
it has become something that seems even more convoluted, has less answers, and has everybody feeling even worse than usual about all of it, shows an epic fail from both sides in the collective bargaining process to figure out a way to administer punishment that makes sense to the fans, that's transparent to the fans, and that fans can actually get behind feeling like the league and the players are something they can stand with. That That is obviously not happening. Kenny and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You can say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good, old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or Progressive.com. You guys can weigh in on the Deshaun Watson case. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Plus, we did have football last night, and it was oh so glorious. We'll get to that next, too. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Fidel and Fitz filling in for the guys. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers presented by Progressive Insurance. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz in for the guys. Love it when you guys hang out with us. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We've gone all over the place today. We've talked about the fact that pizza should only be cheese pizza. That's the only good pizza in the world. We all know that. We don't need toppings. We've debated blue cheese and flats versus drumsticks and ranch and decided that I was obviously right about flats and blue cheese. And we've also uh, let Hell you guys chime no. in. What, uh, no, no, I, you weren't. I thought I could get away with that. I thought I could just slip that one in there. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I, I just cannot believe that anybody would sit there and be like, you know what I need? I need more blue cheese on this piece of food, whether it was wings, a burger. I Like it, it hurts my soul to feel fits that not only do you love blue cheese, but there are other people out there like you who need blue cheese on what they're eating. Usually when I go, like if I get a burger at a place that's like really good, I want blue cheese crumbles on it. And then I'll ask for a side of blue cheese that I can dip both the burger and my fries in. Why why dip your fries in ranch when you can dip them in blue cheese? This is is what we've also been uh, debating. But of course, we've been having a serious conversation about Deshaun Watson and what to do. Michael in Virginia wants to chime in on that. Michael, thanks for calling the show. What you got? Yes. Yes. Go ahead, buddy. I'm here. Great. What's your thought? Oh, uh, myself, my neighbors, and the rest of the country, as I was saying before, we're sick of hearing about Deshaun Watson. All right? Why can't the league just kick him out, get rid of him like it did Ray Rice, clean up, you know, the shield, get back to playing football that people want to see and hear about, let's talk about the teams, and get done with this mess, man. It's ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, I, I get you that maybe it's not comfortable to hear about, but 
I mean, A, right now I would argue that I'm not sure there's a lot of people that are dying to hear a breakdown of the offensive line that I'd love to give you uh, the performance last night between the Raiders and the Jags and why they use different uh, groupings of people. I don't think that more people right now listening care about that than care about Deshaun Watson, number one. But number two, I'm not sure Nick is as simple as just kick him out of the league. Like, there's, uh, I would have no, uh, like, frankly, personally, you tell me he's no longer in the league. Fine. I don't think any of it is that easy. No, it's never going to be that easy. And Fitz, this is why not only would that not work, but this is why so many people think that this will continue to be locked up in the court system for weeks and weeks and potentially months and months to come. But what Michael says there is what I've heard a lot from, as I've talked to just my friends who are excited to see football again, is there there is almost an overwhelmingness to the coverage on this. But at the same time, this is what it seems that people have interest in. And I know that you and I sit here and we've been doing shows the last few weeks and, and throughout the summer. And Deshaun Watson is a topic of conversation that people from all over the place are still calling in and asking about and wanting to listen to. But where the NFL uh, runs a risk of is yet again, is there, is there any way he was talking about cleaning up the shield? Is there any way to completely do that? Does anybody believe as they watch the NFL operate over the last few years and what they're trying to do in this case, that they could ever, there could ever come a point where everything was cleaned up to the, the, the point where people felt a public trust again, not only in Roger Goodell, but in the NFL's ability to clean up their own messes. I don't can think I, so. Can I be a cynic, though, for a second and say, like, does everybody really long-term care? Like, to Michael's point, and, you know, uh, by the way, Michael, I, I appreciate the fact that you called into the show. Uh, to Michael's point, I, I wonder, like, when we get to week one and there's actual games, nobody's going to be talking about Deshaun Watson. The next time we'll talk about Deshaun Watson is the first game that he gets back. And if he, it, like, to be the ever the cynic, if, if Deshaun Watson comes out in the first three weeks, he's out, averages 450 yards passing and five touchdowns, nobody's going to be talking about anything other than Deshaun Watson, Watson's back and Deshaun Watson's great. Like, the conversation, I think, will absolutely veer towards that. And, and I constantly, I said this yesterday with Freddie Coleman, but I will remind everybody, uh, it wasn't that long ago we heard people loudly yelling at the top of their lungs, especially when anthem protests were going on. People were yelling, I'm just never going to watch the NFL again. Last year, the NFL set a new record at $4.4 billion in ad revenue earned. <laughs> now, yes, they added an extra game, but $4.4 billion. They set a new record. So every time somebody's like, I'm out, I'm tuning out. No, you're not. You're still going to tune in, and this is going to be no different. And when people are like, I'm tired of talking about this. I just want to talk about the games. We don't have any games going on. Like, uh, again, the Raiders last night did something really beautiful with their offensive line to try and figure out the best players they have available, and they use guys in different rotation constantly. Does somebody in Paducah, Kentucky, really give a damn about that? No, right? But the conversation that's on Watson is one that everybody chimes in on. And you just hit the nail on the head, my friend, because that is the issue. Anybody who's saying, oh, well, uh, the games are starting, or let's talk about more about camp. That's not going to draw the interest nationally that people think it does. And and as much as it pains me to say, having gone through what's happened the last few weeks and in rehashing the same issues, this is the story that everybody seems to care about uh, right now. And uh, I think that part is crucial to point out, not only 
in context of Deshaun Watson, but Fitz, the NFL has gotten to a point where they're just too big to fail. They could have all these things going on on the outside of what's happening and all these different issues and all the noise about people saying, well, I'm not tuning in anymore, and the NFL uh, needs a stronger policy for any number of different issues. But when Sunday rolls around, people are sitting in front of their TVs, in front of their computers, they're listening on the radio, they are completely invested in what goes on. And that part, to me, just is not going to change no matter what occurs off the field and what occurs in the offseason. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And by the way, this is not just specific to the NFL in general. You cover the Nets, right? You're around the NBA as much as anybody I know. Uh, think about how often when it comes time to the NBA season, what do we talk about? We talk about the Nets. We talk about the Lakers. We don't talk about Memphis until there's a reason to. We're not going to talk about Orlando until there's a reason to. Like, uh, at some point, what resonates isn't decided by us. It's decided by what people want to watch and what people want to consume. And then from that, metrics are studied, and that tells everybody what's important to talk about. Like, I, I don't want to be overly cynical with everybody, but this is just – Sort of the way it usually seems to go. Chi-Town in Dallas wants to chime in. Thanks for calling the show, Chi-Town. What you got? I'm Chi-Town in Dallas. That's clever already. What, what do you got, brother? Hey, man, so I want to comment. Um, you just had a caller call in not too long ago about Deshaun. Why he's tired of him, his neighbors, his whole family, everybody. Why don't we just go ahead and kick him out, clean up the shield? All right, now, I agree it's not that simple. I agree we all are tired of it. It's definitely egregious in terms of the behavior. But facts be known. He was not arrested by any law enforcement agency in terms of, of the sexual assault. Everything right now pending is civil. So let's, take, let's go back to Ben Roethlisberger, and I wonder was all these Roethlisberger fans uh, uh, chanting this same noise about, hey, let's kick him out. That Roethlisberger was brought up twice or accused twice of rape, where Watson, all his actions are civil, um, that that's that's still pending. All right, so it, it, let, let, let's pump our brakes here in terms of hey, let's kick him out the league and let's let's go ahead and suspend him for another year, even though the first one wasn't suspended. That was action by the Texans. So so let, let let's just pump our brakes. I'll hang up and I'll listen. Yeah, well, look, I think part of that though is like the world's changed a little bit. I I've heard this to, this Deshaun versus Ben Roethlisberger comparison a lot and. I think one thing we have to understand is that the NFL is in a much different situation now than it was during Ben Roethlisberger's issues uh, about how it handles uh, the treatment of women and sexual assault. Like it is, it is very clear that the NFL is trying to handle things differently. Like punishments are different depending on the era that we live in. And I, I use this personal example all the time, but my brother served seven years per, for possession with the intent to distribute. If he had been arrested for the same thing now, he certainly would not serve that time, right? Like we have to understand that punishment changes and the way society views certain things change. The NFL is harsher on these things now than they were during the Ben Roethlisberger era. I don't think that that's a hot take, but, but I also like, I, I think this is the, the epitome of, what about ism? Like every time somebody says he hasn't been brought up on 
criminal charges. Uh, we all understand that. That doesn't mean that that's never been an issue to the NFL. The NFL makes it very clear in their personal conduct co- policy that whether charges criminally are brought or not, they have the right to investigate it themselves and figure out what they think. Uh, we'll, we'll break it down. I want to get Nick's thoughts on it. I don't want to cut him off also. We'll break all of it down and keep taking your calls. A bunch of you guys want to chime in. We'll let you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll take more of your calls, get more of your thoughts, and we'll do that next. But first, I got to tell you about FanDuel. Start the second half of baseball season the right way. Turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY, P-L-A-Y. Place your first bet. FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. More of your thoughts next. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Kenny Carlin, ESPN Radio. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. 1-888-799-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six. Seven three six nine in New York, Tennessee Red Line, one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine in Tennessee, one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming, or visit one eight hundred gambler in West Virginia. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz in. If you don't like any of the takes, it's all Nick's fault. It's important to to, to note that. Triple eight say ESPN. It sounds like your regular co-host. Some she would say. <laughs> Be sure to listen to Spain and Fitz uh, Monday through Friday, seven to nine p.m. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. A couple of things I always say when we go to calls, and I want to remind everybody of this when you call it. Uh, a couple of important things. Number one. Uh, Evan and on this show, whoever on any show you ever call on ESPN Radio, they're they're guys and girls that work their tails off, and they work really hard behind the scenes to make shows great. Be nice to them. Like if you don't like something I say or Nick says, be be mean to one of us, but 
like the people behind the scenes that answer the phones don't deserve your 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 anger, your visual, right? So like everybody take a b- big deep breath. Number two, remember that we all work for Mickey Mouse here. So if you wouldn't say it to Mickey Mouse, you can't say it on the air. It takes one bad apple and all of a sudden we can't take calls. Always have to preface that, especially on a conversation like Deshaun Watson, because to the point earlier on why we talk about it so much, you guys want to talk about it. People are fired up about it. Uh, we got a call I will address later. I won't do it now because I don't want Evan, our producer, to have a heart attack. But I'll address it uh, later. First, let's go to Cecil <laughs> in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Cecil, what do you got? Okay, uh, so for me, the way I look at it, two grand juries that can indict a ham sandwich refuse to indict Deshaun Watson. 22 women accused him of something, and that is true. Now, those grand juries have more information than you, me, or anyone else in the NFL. Yet... The six games for embarrassing the NFL, I get. Short of that, it's just people who want blood. They're never going to be satisfied until some guy with the feel is overpaid loses what he's got. That's what I've got. I'll get off the air and I'll let you guys talk. Uh, thanks for the call. The one thing I'd say about this is, like, I tell everybody, go read Judge Robinson's decision. 16 pages. Uh, look, I'm, I'm barely literate and an idiot, and I managed to read it. Go read it. Because the one thing she says clearly, Nick, in her decision is she believes that he willingly exposed himself. He believe, She believes that she he did force himself on people, and he knew, she believes, that the contact was unwanted. So she believes that the NFL proved everything in their case. Six games was not based on any proof of evidence. It was based solely on the fact that the NFL has never punished for this sort of incident to the level that she thinks they want to punish now. So... She's not questioning uh, for anyone that says he didn't do it or there's no evidence or there's no charges. Like the judge that heard the case said flatly, she thinks he did do it. She picked six games because of the NFL's prior punishment for these actions. And Fitz, I think in that regard, it's it's also important to to add into that that the judge thought the allegations were very credible. I mean, that's what seems very clear in what she uh, wrote in her opinion. But but to you. The point about the NFL, very much in the Deshaun Watson case, it feels like they're not getting what they want now because of previous errors they've made in the past with other cases. And until the NFL fixes the language in which they want everything uh, to to be written and want everybody to abide by, this is the kind of stuff that they're going to have to live with. But uh, to the point about Judge Robinson, that is crucial because there are so many people out there that say, ah, well, it didn't happen in a grand jury and it didn't happen here, and and why why is the NFL going through with all this? She found the allegations to be credi- credible, and clearly she thought that Deshaun Watson acted inappropriately on a variety of different levels. All right, let's get to another one here. Jay in Windsor, Ontario. Jay, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? How's it going? Um, well, just taking a look here, and over uh, this thing with Deshaun Watson, um, I think it's, you know, legally the judge said that uh, he was not guilty. We settled civilly, and then the third judge looked at it and gave him six games. It just feels like the media slash the Internet I think it's a little bit more direct to say the internet um, is dictating what the outcome should be like opposed to three judges that have looked at this case. Okay. And, and I, I hear that, but again, I'll echo the judge that heard this said that the reason she picked six games was because the NFL is not allowed to change its punishment system without advance notice. She did not question his guilt. 
she questioned that you cannot just suddenly change how much you punish for something like this. So she is not questioning whether or not he did it. She says he did it did do it, Sue Robinson. She is questioning whether or not the NFL can come in and say, hey, it's different. And as far as bowing to media pressure, Nick, I'd say this. Like, again, the NFL made $4.4 billion last year. The NFL didn't bow to media pressure when it came to kneeling for the anthem. The NFL's never cared about media pressure. They don't care about internet noise because guess what? No matter what happens, they make money. And in the end, Fitz, that's what you and I have been discussing throughout the day and especially as it pertains to this case and, and what's going on with Deshaun Watson. For as outraged as some fans seem to be about what's occurred, the reality is that when Sunday comes around and when Monday Night Football is on, people will watch and they will watch in droves. And all of this other stuff will fade away. And that is why the NFL, in that regard with their product, has the ultimate trump card because no matter what occurs – People still want to watch their games week after week after week. It's why the NFL is in a much more powerful place than the NBA or any other professional sports organization because they can sell their games and their games have so much power on the national psyche that people are just going to come keep coming back for more no matter what else is going on or how uh, awful some storylines might make people feel. And that, I want to stick there for a second. We're going to continue to break that down because Nick Ferdell brings up an interesting point about why the NFL's business model is far different than every other sport. We'll break it down, plus more of your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Ferdell, Jason Fitz, filling in for the guys. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz in for the guys. You guys chiming in, 888-729-3776. People chiming in, all things Deshaun Watson. Grant in North Carolina, thanks for calling us, man. What you got? Hey, I just wanted to talk about Deshaun and how it seems like they're making up for past cases with trying to make his suspension longer. So is that like... Go on. Go ahead. Is that the continue expound? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much what I want to say. Like they, the NFL's had a history of, you know, being a little bit too lenient on these sexual cases similar to this with sexual harassment and sexual assault. And it seems like that Deshaun is going to be the one to pay the price for it. And I just feel like that's unfair. But have they ever they have had a? Have they, I mean, have they ever had a case with this many? I mean, we're talking about the number of settlements. And again, with the judge saying that she believes the NFL's case is presented, you're talking about 24 women. Like, I mean, and according to the New York Times, you're talking about 60 plus women. Like, uh, when has the NFL ever seen something comparable? I mean, they haven't seen something comparable with the number, but they've seen it with severity. I mean, with Ray Rice, with Ben Roethlisberger, there have been all kinds of assault incidents where it was 
much more much more violent and I, there is a larger number of women but i just feel like similar to what the judge said it's six games due to the precedent but he's going to get they were looking for indefinite for at least a year and it seems like i just think there's more to the story that he just seems to be the one that's going to be made an example of and i just don't think that's fair well, I mean, first of all, fair is where a pig gets a ribbon. Uh, like, the fair doesn't really exist in life. I appreciate the call, man. But, like, Nick, I, I would also say, like, I, I sat with Chris Budden a couple of days ago. You and I both worked with Amber Wilson this week. Like, I, I think if you ask a, a woman about uh, what it, these allegations and the concept that uh, because this isn't violent, like, I, I don't know, like, when you've got an NFL quarterback in the room with you with his penis out and he's forcing it on you, I think that sounds pretty violent to me. Well, Fitz, on top of the fact that Public perception hasn't always been in the NFL's favor on a wide variety of topics. On this particular topic, in this particular case, it really feels like the public is behind the NFL and saying, we don't like this, we want you to do more. And I think that's why, a big reason why, we've seen the league respond the way they have. I also think to that point, Nick, like at some point you can look at it and say, we haven't punished this harshly in the past. Well, that doesn't mean that was right. So maybe mm-hmm. the answer is to punish more harshly across the board, even if it makes an example. We'll keep breaking it down next. Kenny on Carlin on ESPN Radio. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz in for the guys. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Nick, you were making a really smart point, and I want to go back to it when it comes to the difference between the NFL and the NBA, because the NBA and really Major League Baseball, NHL, all of them, like the NHL gives or the NFL, I should say, gives you like a destination day, right? Like where uh, everybody in society becomes obsessed. That's a fan with just that one outcome. It, it, it allows it to really take attention. That's far different than what other leagues experience. Very much so, especially when in comparison fits to the NBA, which is the league I cover and I'm around all the time. What the NFL has going for it is exactly what you outlined and have been throughout the show, which is all anybody is talking about right now is this Deshaun Watson case and what happens with the Cleveland Browns and how much this ties into when he will play and how many different court systems that this will run through in the appeal process. When week one hits – and we see Bills, Rams, and we see all the other matchups that the NFL has to offer, you were spot on because you said fans are going to focus on the games and the conversation about Deshaun Watson will get lost. When you juxtapose that against the NBA, what's so fascinating to me as somebody who covers basketball for a living, fans at this stage really seem more interested fits and please correct me if you feel I'm wrong, in what happens after the season, the free agency aspect of what goes on, the possibility that their team could land a star or land somebody else who makes them better. The NBA has lost the importance of the regular season, of their games on a night-to-night and week-to-week basis. Adam Silver and the NBA office They are well aware of this, and they're trying the midseason tournament that there's not a lot of interest in. One of the different examples as to how they're trying to fix it. But the NBA doesn't have 
the games to fall back on because there's just not that much interest in the games the way there might have been 10 or 15 years ago. Again, the NFL has this is what's going to happen in week one. This is what's going to happen in week two. And if your team starts losing early on, you know that every one of those games matters even more than they did to start the season. So that's where the NFL as a product, as a business, has a leg up on every one of its counterparts because their games still matter and generate the type of intrigue that all these other leagues would dream of all the time. And that's why the NBA, frankly, uh, they've got plenty of issues, but they've lost the interest from their fan base on a day-to-day basis as it pertains to their games mattering. Which I believe, frankly, is partially the fault of a lot of the media outlets, ours included, that cover the sport. Like, we become so obsessed with the soap operas that we rarely pay attention to the actual games that are taking place. And to your point, in the middle of November, how much time is going to be spent on any of our shows on a Wednesday morning about a a, a Denver-Utah game, even if it's a great one, right? Like, it's just... It, it doesn't hit the same way, and I think part of that has, has to come down to what you root for. Like, NFL fans typically root for the helmet, right? At, at some point, if you're a Raiders fan, you're rooting for whoever's wearing that helmet that day. There's a culture in the NBA that is absolutely, for fandom, is absolutely obsessed with the name on the back of the jersey, not the name on the front of the jersey. So it becomes about where's LeBron going to go next because that's an interesting conversation and far more interesting for a lot of people to break down than anything real for what Portland's going to do to fix their roster, right? Like So, you know, finding that that balance is an interesting uh, dilemma, I think, for a lot of people in media. And you make a really good point because when you are obsessed with the individuals that play the game instead of the teams, it becomes harder to forgive anything individually that happens. When you are team-obsessed, you can sort of put blinders on to like, hey, as long as I'm watching the Texans play the Colts, I don't have to really worry about the the guys that are wearing those jerseys. I'm worried about what's on the side of their helmets. That's what I root for. It's a far different way to consume sports, and as a result, it makes it easier, I think, to compartmentalize it. But, Nick, it's also interesting because, like, I work a lot in college football. This is the first year I can ever remember, and somebody else said this, so I'm stealing it from them. It's the first year I can ever remember where the summer in college football wasn't spent all summer talking about what's the most exciting week one matchup, which conference matchup are we most excited about, like who, which quarterbacks do we think are going to be the best. We didn't do any of that in college football. Yeah. We spent the whole summer talking about realignment, playoff expansion, soap operas. It's what rules. And like at some point, if the soap operas become bigger than the games that are actually being played, the problem is then you're more about the drama than the outcome, and there's no way to shift that narrative once it's happened. It's a fantastic point, Fitz, and I think it's the issue that faces the NBA and what they're trying to fix. And I don't know what the answer is. Neither does Adam Silver, but he's looking for it. But when when we're comparing the NBA and the NFL, and then you throw college football out there, I tell you this, I've loved college football my entire life. I have never been less interested in the start of a season than I can ever remember. And it's because the sport itself feels like it's in such bad shape. And for whatever you think about the NFL off the field with Deshaun Watson and all these different storylines that have popped up through the years, the game itself is in very good condition. There are very talented players. There are interesting storylines about all these different teams. And there is this feeling that the games matter. 
we've gotten to a point in college football, and frankly, I, I take it as far as to compare it to the NBA. You walk into a season now and you think, well, there are only like three or four teams that can win this thing. There is not the intrigue of what may happen once the games begin. And that's what the NFL still has in spades. And that's what the NBA and college football have lost over time. Yeah, and and the interesting part of all of it, to the point that you just made, I just Googled it to look it back up. The 2021 NFL regular season averaged 17.1 million viewers, the highest regular season yep. average since 2015, up 20 or up 10% from 2020. Uh, you, you start talking about live TV events and how many of them, uh, the top 100 live TV events, uh, I think 97 of them are sporting events or whatever. But the NFL dominates so much of what we talk about because they get collective attention in one minute uh, every Sunday in one spot, I should say. And that collective attention is the absolute distraction from whatever else is going on. That's what the NFL is banking on, is that we're going to be able to distract the world by simply giving games with meaningful outcomes. And I'm not sure they're wrong. We'll keep breaking it down, plus your calls. Candy and Carlin coming up on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. We'll keep hanging out with you next.